I mean, it's almost like you, you, it becomes non-obscene as soon as, it, as soon as the material is put inside the, the library or the school. Whereas if you were outside of the school, across the street at the coffee shop, and the kids came in and you handed those out to them, you'd be arrested, rightfully so. Hey everybody, welcome back to the intersection of faith, family, and filmmaking. It's Fearless with Mark and Amber. I'm your co-host, Amber Archer. This is a husband and wife show sharing behind the scenes of our filmmaking ministry, Fearless Features. We are creating movies from a biblical perspective on issues impacting our society and culture with a mission to educate, motivate and inspire. Right now we're working on a documentary film called The Mind Polluters and sharing some of our sit down interviews with those in the film because this information is too important not to share with everyone we know who loves their children and wants to protect their innocence. You can learn more about our ministry and about us and our current movie by visiting fearlessfeatures.org. It's also a great place for you to make that one-time or monthly donation to help share the truth as far and wide as possible. This is a listener-supported program, so you become a force multiplier for truth when you partner with us through our ministry. Joining me, as usual, is my husband, Mark Archer. Well, hello. Hello. So today, we're in part three, where we left off with Mary McAllister. And if you missed part one or two, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to those. Mary is Senior Litigation Counsel with Child and Parental Rights Campaign. She has been an advocate for children's rights, particularly protection from the harms of early sexualization and sexual exploitation. She has nearly three decades of experience as an attorney, as well as a passion for protecting the innocence of children. But before we get to more of Mary's interview, mm-hmm. I know you like to share the news and <laughs> things that are happening, current events of the day. Yes, you know that I always have fun stuff that I like to share. <laughs> current events. Current events. And I try not to make it all depressing, but uh, this is actually quite interesting because this confirms what I know a lot of people that are listening have been wondering probably for years. And so, you know, we work in the film and television industry. Mm -hmm. And what we understand pretty well is demographics and what sells and what doesn't sell. So we tell people all the time when we're, you know, like when we would work with corporate clients and they would say, um, you know, I want something that communicates this message and we would help them flesh that out. And Mm -hmm. sometimes we'll tell them, you don't want to do that or, you know, you definitely want to talk to a person like this. You don't want to talk to that person. right? Because the first thing you ask is, who's your audience? Who's your audience, (laughs) right? And there are certain things that are just universal, Mm -hmm. right? Like my my favorite one is always, um, what what do I always say? I don't film people eating. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Many times through the years, oh, make sure you go down to the cafeteria and get, or come out and get shots of people at the picnic. No, (laughs) no, because nobody wants to watch people eat. It's just, uh, it's just not going to happen. So, um, there, there are certain things that just, uh, are kind of natural rules, right. Of Mm -hmm. human psychology. Here's an article I found from World Net Daily called How Queer Creators Pushed the LGBT Agenda in Kids' Cartoons. Mm-hmm. And Mary talks about the power of cartoons with children. Right. And I'm sharing this with you because I want to confirm your suspicions that this is all manufactured. 
you feel overwhelmed. Like this stuff is everywhere. You know, I must be out of step with humanity. No, you're not out of step with humanity. People aren't asking for homosexual content. It's being shoved down your throat. Just like it's being shoved down the throats of our children in their classrooms. Exactly. Uh, The LGBT characters and themes in children's animated television programming that have emerged over the past decade is not an organic cultural phenomenon, according to a report by Business Insider. It's a result of, quote, queer creators promoting the LGBT agenda to major entertainment networks, writers and producers. Shows created and run by queer women, trans and non-binary showrunners. Side note, a showrunner is basically like a producer for a series. um, Are largely responsible for the influx of non-binary and trans characters in kids' animation. According to the website. This is where it's interesting. A major tactic is to bypass the merit-based hiring process and recruit LGBT people for staff positions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The report said Tanika Stotts, a, quote, gender-fluid writer for the show Steven Universe Future, never heard of it, told Insider that lead producer Rebecca Sugar is a, quote, non-binary bisexual. Sugar searches for inclusive talent on Twitter (laughs) and Tumblr rather than through traditional hiring avenues. Uh, Let me go back here. Um, I had to fight with the help of GLAAD. Which is formerly the Gay Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation. Mm -hmm. Uh, To get the actual word pride in instead of it being called Rainbow Parade or something like that. Breitbart News noted the gay activist group GLAAD has convinced Hollywood to increase LGBT representation in shows on networks such as Nickelodeon, PBS, and Cartoon Network. Breitbart also reported a 222% increase in LGBT characters and stories between 2017 and 2019 alone. Mm-hmm. Uh Side note, read another article just a week or so ago about Nickelodeon and how since introducing all of these LGBT, queer, trans, non-binary, whatever you want to call all of these homosexual characters, they have lost over two-thirds of their viewership. Right. But but they're now going around it because they're going to the, the subscription-based streaming uh, right. And that's an interesting, interesting side note, too, of how they have gotten around these FCC broadcast rules. Mm-hmm. It, we, it goes all the way back to when cable first came around. Well, and Mary talks about that here today in her interview, too, about mm-hmm. decision, Supreme Court decisions. Um, right. But but all you really need to understand is that broadcast rules as the FCC, the Federal Communications Commission, the FCC defines it as basically over the air available for anyone to watch without paying for it. And so think about how much free over the air television you actually watch anymore. Those rules still apply to those networks, but they don't apply to 
you know, for at first it was HBO and Cinemax, right? The, and that's where the the porn channels came in because it was over cable, not considered broadcast, and you had to pay a subscription fee for it. Mm -hmm. And then now you've got Netflix and Amazon yep. Prime, and right, the rules don't apply anymore because it's not quote broadcast. You're paying for it. Yeah. So without further ado, let's give a listen to Mary McAllister. For people who don't understand what's being taught in today's classrooms to the children, could you relay so that they can understand, like visually get a picture? This is not the same sex ed you had when you were in school. Exactly. Well, if you think about um, R-rated movies or back in the day, X-rated movies even, okay, uh, they're clearly marked and they're Technically, you're not supposed to let anyone in under the age of 18 or 17 without our movies is with a parent or X movies at all, theoretically. Uh, so that gives you a warning, a, 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 the parents, a, a warning and notice that this is material that is probably not something my child should be exposed to. Usually sexual, sometimes also violence, but usually sexual, especially these days. And so then you can exercise your proper parenting and say, no, I'm sorry, honey, you can't see that movie because it's got, the content is not appropriate for you and it's not something your dad and I believe you should see. And so you, you can't, you don't have permission to see that movie. Uh, that doesn't happen here with the obscenity exemptions because, because it's in an educational context. The exemption provides that it, to use a double negative, it is not inappropriate for the children. I mean, it's almost like you, you, it becomes, it becomes non-obscene as soon as it, as soon as the material is put inside the, the library or the school. Whereas if you were outside of the school, across the street at the coffee shop, and the kids came in and you handed those out to them, you'd be arrested, rightfully so. But if that same person who's a teacher walks into their classroom and hands it out, there's no problem. And, and the parents obviously don't have the warning there, warning your kid's going to get R-rated material when they go to school. They, they send them to school. And, and like you say, sex ed when we were, you know, children was just your basic, you know, boy's body, girl's body and the functioning of it was, and this is what I tried to say in Nebraska. Uh, and that obviously is an appropriate sex ed and, and things like appropriate touching. When somebody touches you, you feel uncomfortable. You te can teach children that. But what you don't teach children is the techniques, the activities that adults engage in when they do this. That's not something children need to know or should know. I mean, they certainly are going to know the anatomy, you know, here's what a boy looks like, here's what a girl looks like. And when boys and girls, when they're adults and they get together, they make babies and that kind of thing. And it just very, and, and that's all then they need to have. But what's taught now is with pictures. And that's, I know Dr. Reese, one of her big things was cartoons drawings, 
are very powerful, especially for children. And they'll draw cartoons, realistic cartoons and drawings of people, kids engaging in whatever sexual behavior you can think of, or probably things that you can't think of because you would not think of them. And it's in this book and they'd pick up this book and they'd read it and, or the teacher reads it to them and oh my. And then they come home and they start talking and the parents are like, you know, what in the world? And like I say, it's not even just in sex ed, but, but English class, they'll do the, and the, you know, of course, books don't necessarily have, usually don't have an R rating or an X rating either. So they'll hand out these books, you know, a book, a novel. And Debbie DeGroff talked about that, about what's in some of those. And all of a sudden, it's, they're in the X-rated movie again, just with the book. And, and the, one of the things, the ironies is the late Justice Antonin Scalia um, wrote in a um, court case dealing with the FCC and a radio broadcaster, or radio or television broadcasters, one or, I think it was a television broadcaster, and the FCC had a rule about fleeting, um, like fleeting instances of profanity or obscenity, like during the time when children were watching television. And that even a fleeting, you know, bad word or, or, or scene um, was actionable against the broadcaster. And the broadcasters, of course, sued and all that, got to the Supreme Court. And Justice Scalia said, um, even fleeting instances, you know, enter into the child's brain and affect it. And you can't, you can't do a study. You know, you can't expose kids to these fleeting instances and then study what it does to their brain. You have to just understand children mimic what they see, they mimic what they hear. And so, yes, the FCC is perfectly justified in having this rule against fleeting Profanity. Well, that's more, they're getting much more than fleeting profanity in these books, especially cartoons and movie, and even, you know, movies nowadays in school or videos. Um, so uh, it's just a very dangerous, toxic thing for these children because. We know children's brains don't fully develop till they're 25. The, the front frontal lobe doesn't fully develop until you're 25. And that's the part that is assesses risks and is able to process good and bad and what's good, what's bad, what's, what's not. And they, so they have no hope of understanding that when they're five, six, seven, not even really until they're 25. <laughs> and as a mother of somebody who turned 25, I can tell you there's a big change. <laughs> So, yeah, I, you know, they're just and um, they're taking knowingly taking advantage of that to get these children so indoctrinated and confused. And then they're the prime candidates then for Planned Parenthood and their contraceptives and their unfortunately abortions in some cases uh, and their sex ed and all of these other things. And of course, now Planned Parenthood is in the business of giving out testosterone to, to girls. 
So th that's going to be one of their new cash cows now. So yeah, it just feeds into this. And I know Dr. Reisman had th this this graphic, but you know the the big pharmaceutical companies, the big pornography companies, uh, they're just feeding into each other. And they're very powerful. So they can buy off senators, congressmen, whatever. They, they have a lot of influence in the culture and that keeps it all going. So because there's always a bigger financial return with these big pharma and business, how do, how do the everyday citizens and the parents tackle these beasts? I mean, what do we do to combat and protect our children? Boy, that is a difficult question because of the power. But uh, one thing to do is to, for, for parents and concerned grandparents and others to actually get elected to some of these local like school boards that make those policies and, uh, and to support candidates for these offices that will stand up to these people uh, and, and not be bought off. Uh, and, you know, return to being the, pri the primary educator of your children is, is a big thing. Get, uh, relieve the public schools of their power or their authority that they think they have by not having your children in there. Now they're still going to have the internet. They're still going to have all these other things. But if they're under your, if they're under the parents' control, the parents have a lot better ability, even with the internet. You can cut off the internet. And yeah, children can do all that. But you can, and you create the atmosphere in your home where it's not something they really want to even get into. Uh, and, and that's what you have to do is pull, you know, get their, their power and authority away from them. Now, you know, the pharmaceutical companies, I mean, they obviously do some very good things, you know, the, the medicines that cure cancer and other things. But um, these other dangerous substances you just need to somehow make them not profitable for them uh, and not politically expedient to, to speak up more about the dangers of some of these things and what it does to the children's brains, what it does to them. Like with the transgender medicine now, you know, to, to have the people come out and say, the doctors who are, and, and we saw this some with COVID where, the, where some of the doctors are being very courageous and coming out and saying, you know, there are these medicines that can help COVID that don't cost very much. Well, pharmaceutical companies don't like that because they can't make money off of it. But that kind of thing to come out and say, no, testosterone is not FDA approved for children. It And here are the, and, and to have some of these people who've gone through have, taking it and having very, very bad side effects to come out and say, don't do this. This is not a panacea. This is not, this is going to hurt you more than it helps you. And to get those kind of people more public and support them and stand behind them, even when it's difficult. I mean, especially when it's difficult, because it's going to be. 
about don't worry about your reputation. You worry about don't worry about whether you're going to lose your business or your job or what have you. I mean, that's hard, but that's that's what's necessary is to stand against these things and to work on repealing these laws uh, on the obscenity exemption and just pushing back to the best that you can and exposing these 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 politicians. I mean, if you have a uh, a senator who voted against it, then get them out there on social get it, get it out there on social media, get it out there in your your community and like when they're up for re-election and say, "Did you know Senator Smith refused to protect children? Mm-hmm. Did you know that Senator Smith got a million dollars from Planned Parenthood?" Mm-hmm. Now, for some people that's not going to be an issue, but for the vast majority it will be. And so that in and of its that can be another way. And then you support somebody who's challenging that senator who won't take money from Planned Parenthood and who won't uh, back down to the bullies. So that's really all you can do. Thank you guys for listening to part three of our interview with Mary McAllister. We, everyone can make a difference in our communities to protect the most vulnerable among us, which are the children. Now, if you'd like to help us bring the mind polluters to completion so everyone can learn from others leading in child protection, parental rights, faith, and family, be sure to visit our website, fearlessfeatures.org to pledge your support and be a force multiplier for truth. You can also give by texting the word classrooms to 27777. Again, that's classrooms to 27777 to share your support. Be sure to join us on Thursday as we wrap up our interview with Mary McAllister. And she has much to say about we as parents taking back our authority. Parents need to take back their power and their authority. Unfortunately, too many have delegated that authority to the schools and the schools have been more than happy not only take it, but to usurp it and to expand it. Thank you guys for sticking around to the end. Have a wonderfully blessed day. We'll talk to you again on Thursday.